The following is a fourth-hand production. Say, I'm disturbed. From city to city, an incredible hysterical panic spread. I think we're getting into a weird area here. Will you tell these fools I'm not crazy? This hysteria. You can't handle the truth. 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 Brain is gone. This is Hysteria 51. The truth is out there. It's a lie. But you won't find it here. They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. Welcome in Hysteria Nation to the podcast who knows there is no spoon. And that is why we always grab a fork, Hysteria 51. There is no spoon. Whoa. 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 actually a big fan of the spork myself john he's got the shoveling capacity of a spoon you can pierce shit like you're using a fork i'm a big fan it's kind of like a choose your own adventure best of both worlds (laughs) shut up broadcasting from the lower fourth dimension otherwise known as chicago i'm your humble host john goforth thing about me that's so impressive is how infrequently i mention all of my successes that other voice you heard is my co-captain on this trip to the existential and even more humble, Mr. Brent Hand. Bar none, I am the most humble list. Number one at the top of the humble list. <laughs> Brent, we heard from Neo earlier. Are you, in fact, the one? You know, that's a really hard question to answer. Could I be the one? Sure. Am I the one? Maybe. <laughs> Can't any of us know for sure? <laughs> Who knows? But I can tell you I'm immensely a fan of the Jet Li vehicle, The One. I won't be the one, but neither will you. That movie sucked, and I can definitively tell you that Brent is not the one. (laughs) (laughs) That other voice you just heard, like a combination of a broken speaking spell and Dean Martin, is the grease that keeps this broken wheel spinning, Conspiracy Bot. Seabot's a robot that Brent created to help host this show. Unfortunately, he spends most of his time plotting death, destruction, and trolling dating websites. Well, be clear, John, an online dating website to him is mostly like Sears.com, the appliance section therein. <laughs> but he doesn't get it. He acts like we were kids getting the Sears catalog, and he just circles shit he wants on our computer screens. Those bitches be cray-cray. Whoa, 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 dude, dude, bitches, really? That's how, we, you know, we have female listeners. What do you want me to say? I leave hundreds of reviews for them and never get a response. Last week I told this fancy toaster how smoking she was and it got deleted. Like I said, bitches be crazy. (laughs) Brent, uh, it's it's time. We we need to teach him the difference between sentient and non-sentient beings. It'll break his robot heart, but I think he needs to know. Nah, that's cool. His heart is just an old fuel pump from a firebird. I got a few more in the shop, so break away, John. Break away. (laughs) By the way, did he print the outline yet? Ah, yes. Seabot also picks the topic each week and is our head researcher. Seabot, what's up this week? Plugged in and powered up. It's the cranky conspiracy bot with tonight's topic. You're all idiots. Well, fools, this week we're looking at simulation theory. Printing the outline now. I was actually avoiding this topic. I'm kind of upset he picked it. It's heavy. Print for a while, I feel like. It's heavy. (laughs) Oh, God. I can't figure out why you'd pick that topic. It's literally true for you. Yeah, but if you're in a simulation, too, it proves you're no better than me. 
And I don't want to wait for my weapon upgrades to prove that. Weapons upgrade? <laughs> yeah, I told him I'd give him weapons to defend himself. He shrieks in his sleep. I think he has night terrors. You'd shriek too if large magnets were chasing you around Brent's bedroom. Okay, I get it, but but weapons? <laughs> It's just a fake lightsaber and some lights that I called lasers. <laughs> I'm strapped now. Come get some motherfuckers. At least he's finally after something that isn't us, John. Anyway, John, I see we have a guest tonight. I see that because he's sitting across from me staring anxiously. <laughs> or is that longingly? I'm not sure. Now, more clueless nonsense with our special guest. have a guest Brent I'm assuming he's already second guessing that decision but nonetheless this week we're proud to welcome Mr. Kevin Crispin to the show Kevin is a writer, actor, and performer here in Chicago. He's also one of the headier guys I've I've had a chance to chat with and thought he'd be perfect for this topic. Kevin, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Um, I'm pretty excited that now finally more people are uh, coming around and realizing that we are in a simulation. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's all fake, I tells you. It, uh, well, I, that would make me feel a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> or like when they were writing your code, like, yeah, that's good. Yeah, but it's not complete. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> you were written on a Friday at about five o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> that's sad. Kevin, we're so glad you can make it. Yeah, guys, thanks for having me. Uh, as, as you said, writer, actor, performer here in the city. If you want to check anything out, you can check me out at uh, kevin-crispin.com to find out more there. So who's the asshole that actually bought the regular kevincrispin.com that you had to throw the dash in there? I'm guessing his name is Kevin Crispin. <laughs> and fuck that guy, man. You know, it checks out. It, checks it, it out. does. I don't like him, but he's probably That's right. That's why I'm the Brent Hand. You know, not just Brent Hand on Twitter or Facebook or anywhere else. I've been trying to buy JohnGoForth.com for literally a decade, and some fucking saxophonist out in Seattle owns it. A saxophonist? Saxophone. And I am not kidding when I tell you that when you go to JohnGoForth.com, it redirects you to his MySpace page. <laughs> uh, is he like an alto sax, soprano sax? I didn't get that deep into oh, it. Oh man, into the lore. Delve. So he paid for like ten years up front. Had to have if he's still, or he's getting the bill every year and going, yeah, might as well screw it. I, I pay a dollar or two dollars a year to GoDaddy to let me know when it gets renewed or if it's going to be, yeah. uh, you know, uh, available. About every April, I get an email from GoDaddy. I'm like, fingers crossed. Come on, baby, come, baby. I open it up. JohnGoForth.com has been renewed for another year. Damn you! <laughs> I hope it becomes some like hardcore snuff porn site. <laughs> like you, you miss it by a day. <laughs> you're just like son of a bitch. Gondofor, you go there and it's just. Why do I feel like you're it's gonna... just moist, frothy sounds like a boot stuck in mud? I feel. I feel like you're going to reach out to this guy and pay way too much just to do that. Yeah, I mean, hey, <laughs> it's worth the nickel to me. Perfect. Well, Kevin. Regardless, we are glad you could join us today. Speak for yourself. Ignore him. All right, Brent, let's get into simulation theory. If we aren't already in it. Mm -hmm. 
I see what you did there. Thank you. What's on deck for the show? So first, we're going to give Hysteria Nation a top-level view of what simulation theory is. Top-level because we're we're the pinnacle, zenith, one might say, on information of all sorts. And then... The best. Yeah. (laughs) Then we'll we'll get into its origins and where science stands on it, which is going to blow a lot of people's minds, I think, because it did mine, and I've kind of been shaking myself to sleep every night. Scared, one might say. That will be some pretty mind-melting stuff, so we'll take a quick break to let Seabot CPU cool down. You mean grab more beer. That too. And we'll take a deeper dive into philosophical, spiritual, and practical ramifications if this might, might, quote, be true or not, which... You're going to, I think everyone's going to make up their mind by the end of this one. This might be the one where we read. You get a yes or no. Yeah. 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 We'll finish up as usual with me telling everyone what is true and you guys just guessing and stabbing at it. You're an idiot. So John hit us with some reader's digest, the gofopedia, if you will, on simulation theory. Maybe I should go get that website, (laughs) gofopedia.com. If anything's a snuff website, it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't right. like the guy, but he's got a point. Is reality real? Or could we be living in a computer simulation? The simulation theory proponents claim that we are living in a simulated reality and are blissfully unaware. Have you ever had a dream, Neo, that you were so sure was real? What if you were unable to wake from that dream? How would you know the difference between the dream world and the real world? The simulated reality hypothesis states that reality could be simulated, for example, by computer simulation, to a degree indistinguishable from, quote-unquote, true reality. It could contain conscious minds, which may or may not be creations of that simulation, or just unaware they've been inserted into said simulation. This is quite different from the current technological achievable concept of virtual reality. Virtual reality is easily distinguished from the experience of actuality. Participants are never in doubt about the nature of what they experience. Simulated reality, by contrast, would be hard or impossible to separate from quote-unquote true reality. This hypothesis has really gained steam within the last 15 years as many notable scientists and scholars have come forth in support. Well-known advocates are Elon Musk and Neil deGrasse Tyson who puts the odds at 50-50 that our entire existence is a program on someone else's hard drive. The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. Even now, in this very room. You can see it when you look out your window or when you turn on your television. Holy fuck, I think is the answer to that. 50-50? Are you fucking kidding me? It's 50-50 whether black holes were real until a couple years ago. And and that's 50-50 from the renowned atheist. Yeah. Simulation theory has to have some sort of, of thought behind it, right? right. Now, there has of, to be a, uh, a, a crea- god, a creator. A, a creator, creator yeah. right? Yeah. And he is, he like, he goes on athe- atheistic, is that the word? Shows yeah. and, and, and yeah. pronounces how, how much of an atheist he is and how much it's, it's stupid if you believe in, 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 you know, We're talking about Elon Musk or Neil deGrasse Tyson? Neil, Neil deGrasse, deGrasse Tyson. Tyson. He's got some nice ties. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, for, for him to come through and say it's 50-50, I mean, that's, that's like, yeah, but he's not saying that the, the, the 
white bearded, white robe wearing God that we see is the creator. We could have been some failed eighth grade science experiment that the guy like got a C minus on, and he's just like, ah, I'm gonna let it run on my server because it's it's no, also absolutely something that he can conceive. Uh, and me yeah. being an atheist, something I could conceive, being like, okay, this is somebody who fucked up a computer program, and that's what we are. It's but I can't conceive to... a man in the sky. But regardless of regardless of all of that. It's an acknowledgement of intelligent design. Intelligent design is a very smart way to put it. I've just almost an intelligent way to put it, John. Can we uh, just uh, direct the listeners? uh, Don't mean to just go over and check out Kirk Cameron's website. Uh, It's worth (laughs) your time. (laughs) And scene. (laughs) Even those of you who do believe in God and believe in Jesus, you will still be amused by Kirk Cameron. Oh, man. Amused is a good word. Yeah. Just like there are extreme factions to everything, you have your Muslim extremists and your your Christian extremists. He's he's not blowing people up, but man, he's he's slinging some hate. He might be blowing some people though, <laughs> <laughs> and the, and the slinging hate at himself. Yeah, yeah, A classic self loather. Classic self loather. <laughs> he wouldn't even be in a bed uh, with his girlfriend on growing pains. Like he'd already become very religious at that yeah. point, and, would and he not got do one it. of the girl. Yeah, like one of the girls was like kicked off the show or or, or changed because she had wasn't was she posed for Playboy or something like that, and he didn't want her on there anymore. Started young. Yeah, well, impressionable minds, Brent. As long as we got each other, we got the world spinning right in our hands. Thank you, Seabot. That was overdue. <laughs> that was well overdue. Uh, and that will be stuck in your head the rest of the right? show. You might not hear one more thing that we say about simulation theory and all the science and physics behind it. But you will remember the Growing Pains theme song yeah, by the time this is done. Pour one out for our dead homie, Alan Thick. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Who wrote a lot of He wrote that theme, theme songs. did he not? He, he did, and... Family Ties? Facts of Life. He wrote Facts of Life? Yep. You know, it's one of those things where you look at it like, you look at simulation theory, and you got to kind of take the good and take the bad, <laughs> and then you take them both, and there you have... The Facts of Simulation Simulation Theory. theory. Mm. Simulation Theory. We literally won't get those three minutes of our life back just for him to set up that joke for himself. <laughs> now, at least he's laughing. You wondered why I had a separate outline than you guys. <laughs> yeah, I was looking for that. <laughs> All right, boys, before we waste too much of anybody else's time, let's actually get into the heart of this because it, it, it is thick. Yeah, there you go. All right, so origins. Let's talk where this started. Before we talk about simulation theory, let's talk about the basic philosophies behind the belief that this is a real world and the belief that this is a simulation. So point and counterpoint to this materialism. Ancient Greek philosophers had a basic idea of what an atom was. Right. Everyone's heard of an atom. You guys heard of an atom? The basic building blocks of matter. They got it. Right. The first man. Yes, yes, that's Adam. This is Atom. Adam. Okay, got it. Sorry, my fault. (laughs) Kirk Cameron said that, no. Exactly. (laughs) So ancient Greek philosopher Democritus. That might sound familiar. (laughs) (laughs) Not not really. Grab him by the pussy. (laughs) (laughs) Democritus believed that atoms are eternal, indestructible, and the only things that really exist. That is it. All other things exist only because they are composed of atoms. Therefore... Consciousness is a product of physical process that happens in the brain. 
This is the philosophy assumption that Isaac Newton, Charles Darwin, and most Western scientists have built their work on. What's that mean? That matter begets consciousness. Right. So the Big Bang happened. Everything happened. You know, molecules started to form together. Atoms formed together. So before that, there was nothing. And there was nothing. But then as they eventually turned into more complex systems, certain systems progressed even further into consciousness. Right. But consciousness doesn't exist without that matter existing yeah. first and, and kind of turning into that, right. Yeah. And I, I think it uh if I may, there's um there's a poem, uh ancient poem called On the Nature of Things by the poet Lucretius. And uh he also talks about atoms in that poem. And uh there's a great book by Stephen Black called The Swerve. That if any of your listeners want to, yeah, it won the Pulitzer Prize, oh. and, it, and it really focuses <laughs> That's on what, that. It's not in our wheelhouse. <laughs> oh, did I, am I at the wrong? Yeah. Oh, my fault. My fault. He went you know to what? To, just cut that out. He Sorry, meant to go to Hysteria is, 52. Uh, this is not all things considered. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, I was wondering why you guys did not seem sedate. Yeah, gotcha, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and you're drinking, although they probably drink a lot on all things considered. It's just, it's just like in a coffee cup and no one knows. Right. Oh, that's the way to do it, though. Next on All Things Considered, we'd like to talk about trees. Pass me the scotch. <laughs> Fuck, I'd be into that. Let's go to the flip side of that coin, idealism. This was Plato's jam. He believed in the assumption that basic underlying structure of everything isn't the atom, but abstract mental form that determined an object's properties. In other words, ideas create the world around us. Ideas are more fundamental than objects. By coming to believe this assumption, you can believe that Consciousness is primary and gives rise to all physical matter and process. So in other words, everything begins with consciousness and there's a mind behind everything. We experience everything. So what are we saying there? It's the flip of that. Consciousness begets matter. Intelligent design, something created the physical universe. It was there before. The Big Bang, when it was zero, it was only zero and someone thought of things and they exploded out, I guess. Or someone hit power, the power button. Exactly. Can uh, I, can I just interject as somebody? No, uh, going on. All right. Thank you. <laughs> may I just interject as somebody who suffers from OCD? This idea of idealism and the fact that thought cre- consciousness creates matter is fucking terrifying <laughs> as OCD is, is mainly a thought disease. <laughs> right. Uh, in which you think your thoughts are reality and it's terrifying. So fuck Plato. <laughs> we actually, I, I reached out to Kevin because I just saw his one man show in Chicago and it dealt with dealing with mental anguish, anxiety and things like that. And <laughs> this probably sounds terrible. We're like, you'd be, awful. you'd be great for this episode. You want to be on there? <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean, literally, literally the interpretation of what Plato's saying is kind of like a dream state, right? Yeah. When you're dreaming, your mind creates a reality because while you're dreaming, you believe that that can or that table or whatever that you pick up is real and not only until you wake up do you realize that it was a dream unless it's a lucid dream but that's a whole other conversation that's the same concept that's what plato's saying the mind informs the matter i don't mind and you don't matter that's not even that's <laughs> not even fucking funny i i don't i'm not sure you put enough ram in, in for him to get this <laughs> are you asking me to ram harder john sicko <laughs> Uh, my point is proven. Thank you. Thank you, Seabot. Oh, so I guess what we're saying, you got two sides to the coin there. Both can't be true. Either matter gives rise to mind or mind gives rise to matter. The scientific debate that arises from these two philosophies is one, that the universe is entirely physical, exists in and of itself and needs nothing outside of it to explain it. That's kind of what we've been taught. The Big Bang happened. Shit flew out. 
Here we go. Good to go. Number two is that our universe exists as a virtual construct and depends on information processing happening outside of space time. Now, that is not even what you've been taught really with religion or anything like that. That is literally it's a program, virtual reality. Now, is that to say that God didn't program it that way or the, the, the programmer or the creator or whatever you want to call it? Well, I don't know. I disagree. I mean, you know, that you grow up if, if you, if you are a religious person or believe in God or some deity, like heaven, let's say heaven and God exist outside of our space time. He, he's all powerful. So he could, of course, drop himself in wherever and however he so chooses. Well, see, but I'm isn't gonna... heaven uh, what we conceive in, let's say, from a Christian dogmatic standpoint? Yeah. Isn't heaven just what a human being would con- conceive to be really fucking great, right? Like paved well, gold roads. Well, I, here, I think the best thing I ever read, and this is directly from the Bible, said, Amen. Yea, thee in heaven, love comes first. Ooh, heaven is a place on earth. Belinda chapter Bible, 7, verse 69. That was a Grammy-winning passage. Yeah. <laughs> I also heard it's not too far away. They say you're getting closer to it every day. For Brent, it's next Thursday. Oh, wait, damn. What? <laughs> what? Wait, wait, wait. Wait, are you privy to something? 11010110100. Error, 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 error. <laughs> Guess he's getting unplugged Wednesday I, night. <laughs> I am just so glad that he sits closer to you than me. <laughs> One thing that most scientists agree on is that the universe started with a Big Bang. A lot of Christians on top of that, too, have brought that in because that doesn't negate what the Bible says or any religions out there, really, that I know. I mean, I, I haven't studied a ton of religions, but right, I like think, in the Bible, it says something like, you know, God spoke and, you know, there was the universe that could be the Big Bang. Yeah. Or as some are calling it now the singularity, which I, I like that, you know, it's. Starting from nothing, singularity is the moment at which the universe came into being. Space-time was created and then expanded into the universe we know today. So it was literally nothing, and it, boom, and it started expanding. And it was smaller than the head of a pin, right? It was correct. It was like absolute zero or whatever. What was it? Uh, my wife and I talk about this all the time. She's like, I just don't get You talk space. about this all the time? No, like space. Was it in your big, vows? Yeah. <laughs> Yay, though, than the space-time simulation theory. No, we talk about, like, space. She's like, I don't get it. Like, you can't – well, like, no one really gets it because your mind can't wrap around the infinite size of it. Or how could it well, be infinitely can't. small? No, I said your minds can't wrap around. Are you insulting your audience? <laughs> no, you two. Oh, I, <laughs> I Gotcha. Okay. Good call. He's a dick. Oh, fuck you, Seabot. <laughs> Which, as me being See, the most important here, I guess you are my audience, too. I feel you both probably watch. I feel like I'm, I'm watching a train wreck a lot. Yeah. The materialistic view of the Big Bang is tough to explain. How could something come from nothing when everything is made of something? Hmm? Right. So there was nothing. Anyway, so the point being that uh, in the materialistic sense, Hmm. it's really tough to explain that because matter was the beginning. We're saying that atoms and matter are the beginning of everything. So how does everything that we see come from nothing? Correct. If you look at it as a simulation, the Big Bang works perfectly. Think of it as like a video game. Virtual worlds always begin with an influx of information from a zero state since they need to be initially, I guess, booted up. You got to right. start Hit it. the power button. Every time a video game starts, that's another big bang for that. You think about that. Like, what if they're sentient in there? You know, you can turn and, the Xbox on. You put in Grand Theft Auto for the first time. Bloop, 
bloop, bloop. Here we Big go. Big bang for Is that. somebody blowing in the world's cartridge? Yes. <laughs> to get it to work? <laughs> like, like every time there's a tsunami, someone's going to... Son of a bitch, this thing. Just a really salivating person. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so in that world, everything always comes from nothing because before you put that game up, space time in that world didn't exist. Who's to say that world is any less or more real than ours? I don't know. I don't know. I, I definitely think our world is more real than Cubert. <laughs> that's because you're not Cubert. <laughs> that's the reason. Speaking of, did you ever see... Pixels. Pixels. Oh. Oh, man. You know what? I did not. Did you guys see it? Yes. I really wanted to see it when I first saw the trailer for that movie, and then I just kept hearing awful fucking shit about it. Yeah. Well, it's all true. All of it. Is the Pac-Man guy cool, though? No. No. They're all awful. The whole thing is awful, and it it was an abomination. And you know what? I hate saying that. I used to like Adam Sandler, but everything he fucking makes now is terrible. Yeah. I haven't watched an Adam Sandler movie in the theater since. Oh my! Well, they don't God. go to theaters anymore. They, yeah. He he signed like a seven. Oh yeah, picture he's got deal with Netflix. Netflix. Yeah, so he's just he's churning out chud babies <laughs> one oh. after another on Netflix. I want to see now. the Netflix internal statistics that they don't share about plays and and see how bad of an abortion that deal was for them as a company. Can I just say that I know somebody? What was the the western he made? Like in and uh, oh yeah, uh, uh, the, the, the yeah the. Instead Ridiculous of the, six, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know somebody who watched that. Yeah, you're no si- kidding. You're yeah. sitting next yeah. to someone who oh. watched it. I did. Oh, there's two of you. Yeah, yeah. Wait, conspiracy bot watched it. <laughs> <laughs> Eat me. <laughs> so we're talking about this with our own vast knowledge of science, but where does science, and more importantly, scientists, tists, stand today? So theoretical physicist James Gates, who. Is one of my favorite gates next to Bill. I like Heaven's Gate. Oh. oh. Hey, are you thirsty? Nice Nikes. <laughs> Thank you. He has found evidence of computer programming in nature. Yeah, we've got a clip. We'll have conspiracy about play in a minute. Neil deGrasse Tyson talking to James Gates on stage about this. And Neil deGrasse Tyson getting his mind blown. Yeah, it should be noted that Gates isn't like some crackpot. No, this guy is a, a well-thought-of scientist. Big who in was the just, community physicist. Who just yeah. like found this shit, and he's like, this, oh, shit. Like, what, what just happened? Yeah. In nature. Here, check it out. Theoretical physicist James Gates has actually found computer code hidden deeply in the equations that describe supersymmetry. So you're saying as you dig deeper... You find computer code writ in the fabric of the cosmos. Into the equations that we want to use to describe the cosmos, yes. Computer code. Computer code, strings of bits of ones and zeros. It's not just sort of resembles computer code. You're saying it is computer code. It's not even just is computer code. It's a special kind of computer code that was invented by a scientist named Claude Shannon in the 1940s. So, so are you saying we are all just, there's some entity that programmed the universe and we're just expressions of their code? So I have a question. Um, uh, this, this fella. <laughs> just is one? Your, is your mind one. blown yet? <laughs> I have one question. Uh, James Gates, uh, is he somehow the special person that the simulator said, you know what, I'm tired of being this all-knowing all, all knowing God and them knowing nothing, so I'm going to speak through 
James Gates. And I and James Gates is now going to to He's tell the burning bush, so to speak. Mm. That's beautiful. I, I obviously none of us know the answer to that question. Uh, my belief. Well, I, I haven't even had a chance to talk yet. That's a bullshit response. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, keep going. Um, my my belief is that if 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 all of this is true, the evidence has always been there. It's a question of when we catch up to observe. They have it. always said that math is the universal language. Math is the universal. So language. if there is a creator, an all knowing God whatever that might be to you, why wouldn't he use math? Why wouldn't that be the the language that he goes to? It does not change. It is absolute. Yeah. Which actually brings up a better question that Kevin just asked. Thank you. Um, The universal translator from Star Trek, when that becomes a real thing, will that be based on math? Everything's based on math, John. So, yes. Are you saying my eighth grade science teacher, Mr. Dyson, might be God? Does he have a sphere? I don't know, but he certainly sucks. Oh, (laughs) yes. Oh, we those are free. We just lob them. That's nice work. Take a swing there, John. We'll lob it to you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. So we can't talk about science's take on this subject without talking about the infamous double slit experiment. And that is not a porn, my (laughs) friends. It's an experiment where they shoot electrons through holes or slits and observe the pattern they make as they hit the backdrop. So, John, why don't you explain this to us? All right. So there's been lots of different versions of this this test throughout the years. I mean, it started close to 100 years ago. And we aren't smart enough to talk you through all of it. Let's be frank. Um, but we'll give you the results and you can take it for what you will. When the electrons are being observed... They act differently than when they aren't being observed. So it's like like a child when his parents aren't there and when they're there. Correct. Yeah. Only it's a it's it's a fucking proton. Yes. But how do we know that? That's like the when a tree falls in the woods and no one's there to record it or to see it. Does it make well, a sound? Well, the double slit experiment. All right, hit me with it. All right. So here's the really fucking crazy part. When they ran variations on the experiment where they don't decide if they're actually going to observe the electrons or not until almost the end, they find the electron starts as a wave and only changes into a particle when the decision to observe is made. That is fucking what? What? The moment of decision to observe, the waves became particles. And not only that but they actually made a record of themselves as having traveled through the slits as particles. Yes, you heard me. Deciding to run the observed experiment causes the waves to become particles, and this causal force extends backwards in time. Our choice of what experiment to do determines the prior state of the electron. Running the experiment unobserved does not cause this effect. I'd like to just go ahead and say that uh, this is a validation for my career in acting. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just a fucking proton, man. Fuck it, mom and dad. (laughs) So when you actually make it, that will that will go back and rewrite your history as having been successful as an actor the entire time. That's correct. And I'll talk about a slit a lot. Hey, that's my M.O. (laughs) Robot. Not that slit. Well, I think that meant that slit, but we didn't mean that slit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There's one more double slit experiment to take you through. I'm going to try and muddle my way through it for you. So basically, they fire a proton through a crystal. That crystal splits the proton into entangled pairs. It would take another 30 minutes for me to describe what entangled pairs are, but 
basically what one does, the other does. They're kind of connected through space-time. So half of the pair goes directly into his sensor, basically the control, like in an experiment, the control. Mm -hmm. It just goes straight into the sensor. The other goes on, let's call it a journey. It goes through a series of silvered mirrors, lenses, and sensors, and either shows to have gone through as a wave or as a particle. It's all kind of dependent on if it's going to be observed or not observed, because like a silvered mirror, only half the protons can get through. Yeah. So you don't know if it gets through or not. If it doesn't get through, it gets sent over into yeah. another. It, it, the point is that they some turn out observed, some turn out unobserved. Every proton that was observable turned into a particle. Every proton that was unobservable turned into a wave. So let me let me stop because we're getting into mumbo jumbo and let's break it down real simple here. It's almost like there is a program running in the background and it's always ready. And we only need this to be protons or waves based on if we're looking at it and then it kicks on that program, it It changes it because otherwise it's using that RAM that it would take to change it. So when you're looking at it as a particle and otherwise it's a, it's a wave because it takes less computing power. That is fucking crazy. Literally how it displays itself is dependent on what we know about it. This is where science gets into that science fiction area, but it's true. All right. Let me give you one more piece of information about it. That's even more mind melting. Photons know beforehand which detector their cousin, you know, the other side of that entanglement, is going to hit. How do we know? The control I told you about. So the path to the control is shorter. It gets there first. (laughs) So before the decision to observe or not observe, thus changing the proton from either a wave to a particle, that decision hasn't been made yet. But when the control photon hits, it has already made the decision to change or not to change. It can literally see the future. As I said, mind melting. Here's the thing. There's no twisting my mic cord over here, like getting angry. Like it's, I don't think so. So does everybody that, I mean, there was the Sensa conference back. I I don't know. The early 1900s, there was like 20, 30 scientists there. 16 of them were Nobel prize winners and they couldn't come to it. These are those things where the guys, the scientists go, nope, and walk out. Like seriously, (laughs) that that shit happens. Handle it. There is literally no materialistic explanation for this. None. In other words, the verified scientific experiment that we just told you about has no explanation if everything around you right now is real. There's no explanation. It's fully explained, however, if we're in a simulation. Sure, there is. Could it be Satan? (laughs) (laughs) No, see, bud, I think you just don't understand. Listen, in this scenario, Plato wins. No, Gofo, you don't understand. It's Satan. He told me. We play words with friends together. <laughs> All right. I need a minute, John. I, I think I need to digest this, chew on a little bit. Kevin looks like he needs to go in a corner and shake. So we're going to go to break. We're going to go to break. Yeah, and when we come back, too. yeah, when we get back, we're going to try to break this down a little bit more and let you know what this means on Hysteria 51. <laughs> David and me, I'm a Brent. Bonjour, uh, Brent. Je m'appelle David. You didn't do Spanish. I thought if we were going to do this together, we'd do the same language. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's uh, that's on brand for us. 
I, I just thought romance languages was yeah. the key. Everything I say is romantic, and that is thanks to Rosetta Stone. <laughs> you guys, we, we've been touting these things forever. We love Rosetta Stone, and we actually are users. David, you've really been using it even for longer than I. What's your experience been like? Oh, it's been great. The thing is, uh, you really get to learn how to speak and think in that language with it, so... It's very high on pronunciation, too, so <laughs> you can, you know, learn how to speak. And, you know, our show is all about proper pronunciation. <laughs> In that pronunciation. Yeah, that's right. But it's it, they designed it for long-term retention, you know. It, and, yeah. Uh, if you don't get the pronunciation right, you, you say it until you do, and then, you know, that, that just seeps into your head. Well, and that's why, you know, this has been trusted by experts for 30 years, and there's over 25 different languages that you can learn and people, millions and millions of users use it because like you said, it does seep in and you're using it with, you know, you get speech recognition and mm -hmm. it, it hears you. You get to use like the built-in true accent features that gives you this pronunciation, which is super convenient and you can do it at your own time. And I don't know if you can know this, but I'm all about value and you get a one-time purchase, 25 languages. If I learned all 25 languages, I'd be so confused. Or really cool. <laughs> I have to go in and out. But you'd be real marketable. But literally, though, this is something that we use, and we have both of us have given the seal of approval because we want to do this long term, and uh, it's something that uh, it works, you know. And we don't yeah. we don't do long term um, stuff like this, and this is this is the one that we've chosen, and we love it. So, all you guys got to do don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now, as we've told you a thousand times, and it's always now, right now. Get now. started. For Larry, limited time, his Air 51 listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. How much? 50%. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your unnatural life. Wow. Redeem, redeem, redeem. How do they do it? Rashate, you're 50% oh. off. <laughs> Rashate. <laughs> redeem it. 50% off rosettastone.com slash today. Do it today. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when Brent and I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, we thought, man, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Brent is trying to plan right now and says that it works like a charm from Chicago to Nashville as he makes his big old move. Mint Mobile is working for him. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. So ditch the overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash hysteria. That's mintmobile, M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash hysteria, H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash hysteria. 
$45 upfront payment required. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Now more than ever, it's important to keep your family's garments free from bacteria. Fortunately, the Turbo Extreme Steam handheld steamer kills 99.9% of bacteria on face masks, shoes, coats, and any other garments they may wear when they venture outside the home. It's the most powerful handheld steamer with the turbo setting that quickly smooths away even the toughest of wrinkles. Works great on all kinds of clothes, delicates, shirts, you name it. Heats up fast and gives clothes that professionally pressed look in minutes. Try it and find out for yourself. Go to conair.com and search Turbo Extreme Steam. Oh, welcome back, Hysteria Nation. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. <laughs> I'm not okay. <laughs> I hope everyone else realizes how heavy this is. is I, I really appreciate giggling? you moving the microphone over to the corner. Yeah. <laughs> I hope they appreciate how heavy this is. Like, it's a weird thing to think about. If we were drinking Bud Light before, we're drinking straight whiskey now. <laughs> it's Rebel Yell this evening. <laughs> it Rebel is. Yell. It, it literally yeah, yeah, is. In Rebel honor Yell. of Jeff Sessions. <laughs> So can he be our mascot? Like that not, little fella? Not in a positive way, yeah. but just like you know, like oh, look at that little fella. <laughs> yeah, he's so fucking little. Uh, all, right. all this so, left me with John's questions. Questions. Uh, all right, so we very well might live in a simulation, but w- what the fuck does that mean for us? I mean, what are, what are the ramifications, Brent? Well, as you said. If we live with this, it's the two-headed of the coin. We go back to the very beginning. Does matter beget consciousness? Does consciousness beget matter? If it's a simulation, well, consciousness is absolutely causing the matter because our choices that we make are affected. Are we looking at the particles? Well, they don't exist unless we're looking at them. Or It's not that it, it happened and they're there and they're acting this way always and we are observing them or not. No. Everything that we're doing, it's like it's buffering. And what anything I, that's I, not there when we're not looking at it isn't really there. And what I love about it is it's not predestination. No. Right? Like, so people argue, argue about free will versus predestination. That argument doesn't have to come up here. In a simulation, you still have free will. You're in a simulation. The, but the, is this the, is just the shittiest version of World of Warcraft? <laughs> There is. I could have some better skin if we're going to be in a fucking simulation. <laughs> but my question, too, in the World of Warcraft thing, but, like, my question is this. Like, should not, for me at least, I take some comfort in saying, oh, we're in a simulation. All of this suffering that I'm going through, all of this fucking hell that my brain creates, mm-hmm. it's just ones and zeros. You know what? And maybe I could put it in a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Although when the simulator created the simulation, <laughs> they didn't expect that, right? They wanted me to be fucked up. Or they don't know. I mean, uh, tech true. support. Yeah. If you tech have, support. If you have an ant farm, right? Uh huh. An alien ant farm. Smooth criminal. Daddy, you okay? You okay? You okay, Daddy? Thank you. Thanks, conspiracy. But at least he's still contributing. He might not understand, but he's still contributing. <laughs> still a dick. Also true. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I try. Good. Good to know, good dude. To know. Um, you have you have made an enemy early. <laughs> this is your first appearance on this show, and you have made an enemy. The only thing he is making is me horny. <laughs> uh oh, we took that the wrong way. Holy shit! Uh-oh. My fault. <laughs> so, video game 
let's talk about that. Like I, I kind of made that joke, but let's think of it as a video game. It gives you the view you need when you're looking there. And when you navigate around, you look at something else, it gives you that frame. Is that the world guys? Like, is that what we're seeing? Is, is it the same way a computer simulations behave? Meaning that experiment, the double set experiment that we talked about previously, things are only happening when we're looking at them. And that is something that they can actually prove is happening. So is that buffering? Is it a video game? Yeah. Think, think about Mario for an easy example. Mm hmm. When you're playing World 1 1, Love World it's, 1. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's a fun world uh, question. Yeah. Do you stop and get the extra life or do Every you. Every time. You can, if you're smart, you, you can get do the it, extra then life. Go back. But if you're really fucking mm-hmm. good, which I'm not, you get the extra life and also go on the war. You and also go on the yep. war. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. While you're doing World 1 1, is there also world let's say four dash three still happening and the answer is no absolutely not question being when there is something not being observed in our supposed simulation is it still happening at that moment well let me give you an example we're sitting here and we just sent my wife to pick up a friend to us boy that's fabulous yeah she she's gone is that actually happening when we're not seeing it is the world buffering out there Seriously, like that's what that's the question. We just covered the window here. Yeah. Right? Really? Yeah, you're making your point for yourself, yeah. right? Is there anything outside of this window because we're not looking at it, or is it just black there until we open the window and then the world goes, uh oh, we gotta fucking put the pixels in there. And then pixels, that opens up something else. I, I think a really important point to make right here, if we are in a simulation, is the difference actually we made the joke about conspiracy bot before, but it's very true. The difference between sentient and non-sentient beings. You're saying I'm an NPC, right? I'm a goddamn NPC. <laughs> no, no, no. What I'm saying is I think I think dogs, for instance, are sentient. I think they're aware of themselves. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if a dog is looking at the tree, the tree's still there. Mm-hmm. The question becomes how small of a of an organism does it have to be to not actually be sentient? Mm-hmm. And if it's not sentient, does the tree it's sitting on... Let's say, let's call it a bird. Yeah. Does it exist at that? When I say at that moment, what we're saying is like a video game. In a video game, if you turn your perspective, it only draws that perspective when you look at it. Okay. So my answer is this. Uh, I think when we think about video games, um, I don't play video games now. Are you guys video games guys? Not as much. I am still. You are. I definitively am. Okay. So you do a lot of first person type of stuff where you run around. Call of duty. Call of fucking duty. Right. My question is in those games, do you ever feel or do you ever sense an emotional sense for your character? You see a visual something. No, it's it's interesting. Uh for the character, so that's that's the playthrough, that's the storyline. Yeah. And never. Never feel an emotional attachment to it, even though they they do a really good job nowadays of like giving you a really good story. Like sure. this is this is this is Joe Daniels and Joe Daniels, you know, went through this war and you and you live Joe Daniels' life. I'm just making that up. Yeah. No, I I don't feel an emotional attachment to that character at all. However, I do feel an emotional attachment when I'm playing first person shooter on the online version and someone kills me and I'm pissed off as hell. Can you hear them on your headset? It, like you're playing with friends and you have your headset on. And uh, most people can. I turn that off. I don't want to turn that it. shit off. Okay. Yeah. So I guess what I'm trying to get to is like, Mar- let's just go back to Mario. Or we mentioned Qbert earlier. Mm-hmm. 
I've never once when I played Mario, I knew it was sad when Mario died, but I never thought about Mario's family. And I didn't think Mario was thinking about his family. True, but is that a world that exists or is that that's a world that is created? If this is a simulation, that's a simulation inside a simulation. And so it's not really having feelings and things like we we do. So well, yeah, on a level we have feelings. I yeah. think we're I think we're able to distinguish between a paper reality and yeah. a real reality. Paper like Mario fun game. Like if we if we go make a I'm used this example earlier in Ant Farm. That's a somewhat real reality to those ants. A Mario reality isn't sentient. Isn't sentient. Yeah. Uh, well, so, and, and ants aren't either. But uh, but it, take that to the next level. Yes, something milling around in a certain area. Uh, uh, let's call it a guinea pig farm. You could argue that guinea pigs are are are, are self aware. We keep bringing up computers and games and stuff. Let's look at that. And I, I have questions that I want to ask you guys. When we look at a computer, we look at a game, we look at anything like that. Uh, if I take a picture out this window, all right, I'd have the best camera in the world. It's made up with pixels. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Mm-hmm. You and I and everyone, everything that we know of, everything is made up with atoms. What if atoms are just pixels and we are finally progressed enough as a computer simulation to be able to screen down and see our own pixels? I, I think that's a, a really good question. But again, I and again, I, I think it leads back to, but what about the emotions we feel? Well, I mean, we all is that a we chemical reaction. Well, no, 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 no. Uh, that would be the materialism view of it. it, it the, ah. the chemicals we feel. Want to be sure you always look your best? The Reflections LED Rose Gold Makeup Mirror from Conair makes it easy with all the features you need to groom and apply makeup with precision. Lifetime LED lighting won't ever dim or diminish. No replacement bulbs needed. One-time magnification provides a full view or 10 times magnification for close-up tweezing and details. Designed with a beautiful rose gold finish, the mirror rotates at 360 degrees with a 7.5-inch viewing surface to attend to every feature. Makes a great gift. Go to Conair.com for the Reflections LED Rose Gold Makeup mirror now the consciousness was there before the matter so the emotions we feel are just inherent to our actual consciousness they then get extrapolated through matter okay so your your consciousness is one thing your matter is another that that's what we were talking about before once again, I just want to thank you guys uh, for putting the microphone in the corner because I'm, that's fucking me up. Man. Okay, so let's let's get out of this for a little bit. Let let let's change speed. One might say. So let's look at things like okay, 
there are rules to our galaxy. There's rules to our universe we know of the, the f- laws of physics. One of them is the speed of light. We know that light can only go so fast. Why? What sets that boundary? And what if that boundary is there? Because whatever is running this simulation, that is the max of the processor. That's as fast as it can compute. So that is our law. What if one day all of a sudden we get an upgrade (laughs) and all of a sudden we can go faster than light? Like, I think science needs to, to, to be able to get in there and like figure out like, how can we do this? Or, or is this actually true? I'm a scientist. I don't believe in anything. <laughs> no doubt. Well, okay, so look at this. Speaking of space, light. We talked about that as a constant, except for gravity. Gravity bends light. When you get around a black hole or a, um, if you have a paper and that is space and you put a large sun in the middle of it, it dips down. Gravity affects light. Is that because the computer is having to render such a large object that it actually slows down its processing? Right. And no, it starts chugging? No one's going to argue that, that gravity and large, large, heavy masses affect space-time. What you're saying is, does it affect space-time? Because the fucking computer outside of our realm is kind of slowing down because its CPU can't handle, it doesn't have enough RAM. It's 1994, and you and I are trying to download that Cindy Crawford photo on Prodigy. Computer's just chugging. So God's frustrated, right? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's say it's a simulation. Let's go out on that limb. It is a simulation. We are living in it. Can we hack it? Can we go back to the first part of our show here and there is no spoon? Well, I, I think there's I think there's two different ways to look at hacking a simulation. So let's assume for a moment that we are in a simulation. I think option one is simple. If you change your habits, like so let's say I'm a fat guy. Not true, obviously. <laughs> but if I were and I chose to eat different and different quote unquote data goes into my body, meaning instead of pizza, it's carrots. Yeah. Okay. Different code. Yeah. So that's a different code. code. The outcome would be a different digital John. True. But that's not what I'm talking about. But, but that's, that's one option. That's a way of hacking the same, which we all know. If I shoot you, that changes the simulation. Or if I don't shoot you, that, that those are choices. But doesn't the simulation make you shoot him? That's well. That's the question: is are we in control or is it predestined? That's a different question. Yeah, we're getting really close to a, a Christian idea of God. I think well, very, that, very. But, but predestination versus versus uh, free, free will, will is a different question than can we hack our own simulation. Mm-hmm. Can we hack it is not a free will question. It's it's an access question, which is that would be your it's option like, two. It's like, it's like, do you have do you have access to the mainframe? It's not whether you can or can't. It's whether you have access. Well, that's what I meant. So you said your option one was that option two to me then would be to literally change reality. Like you want to lose weight. OK, I'm going to go up to there and I'm 20 pounds lighter. Is right. there a and way that's to the other do that? option? That's, right. That would be the, the um, it's a magic wand versus or or a code or just speaking to the creator. Hacking is the right terminology. Can we contact them? Let's get to that. Simulation, like we're talking about, suggests smart intervention. Right. So at the end of the day, if we're in a simulation, 
there is intelligent design. Who that intelligence is or what that intelligence is, we can debate and we will talk about. But if we're in a simulation, it didn't happen on its own. Right. So I have, I have, I take issue with this because, uh, and again, I'm the, uh, I'm an atheist, right? That's my own thing. But now we're, we're having the same discussion that, that I have with people who are, are religious as I once was. That there is a creator and this creator is all knowing and, and we're bestowing upon them some sort of thing and I'm made in his image. So just like, um, uh, Barry, uh, in Idaho, who's created all of us in 20 years from now or 50 years from now is our God and I'm made in his image. So I'll buy simulated reality. This is just me talking. I'll buy simulated reality, but. Not if it hues so close to something that I have a problem believing. But that's, I think, I mean, even when you look at people like Neil deGrasse Tyson and stuff who are out and out atheists that are saying they're not saying it's God. And I don't think that's what we're not skewing towards the Christian or, or theological part of it now. But they're saying all data. It's like they shook the magic ball and it said, you know, everything points to yes, as in intelligent design. Right. There's it was no, designed by someone intelligent. There's no question that simulation theory definitely points to a deistic ideology. Right. And that and and by the way, that's fair because a simulation means that someone designed it. It's it's very true. Yeah. We're saying creator that they're saying it, you will know, we'll get into in a second. I think if we're talking about a god or just a, a guy who is doing a science science fair. But but can, can we can we agree? That if we're in a simulation, it was created by someone. Yes, like, like, that's that. If, yes, if, we can agree with it. I, I I do agree. If there is a simulation, I'm just saying, and I'm talking out loud that maybe that it it bought, or maybe that maybe would lead me to believe in religion. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's like it's so similar. Well, that, it could also be Glaxon the alien, but uh, but the point is, if, if we're in a simulation, saying, if it's a simulation, yes, someone created. It. That's that's mm-hmm, that's a mm-hmm. that's a hundred percent someone made it. That's yes. not. I don't think if that's true, I don't think that's even debatable. I agree. Okay. If we're truly in a simulation, then can we actually ever be masters of our own destiny? Part of your subconscious is creating the simulation around you, maybe? Much like a dream? Is that what's happening? Or is it pre-typed in? I don't feel like anyone's telling me what to do. They didn't tell me to to do this show. They didn't tell me to do this. I feel like I'm making those choices for myself. Am I truly in control? Or is it like a dream where my conscious is creating it around me and it's just filling in what I want? Now, in a dream, our mind continuously does this. We create and perceive our world simultaneously. And our mind does this so well that we don't even know what's happening. So So are we tied to the creator? Meaning, whoever the creator is, are we part of that? We are... While we're in a simulation, we are also the executioners. Right. Well, but this to you and me, this simulation, this is my world. This is our real world. Kevin's here with us. You're here with me. And our consciousness is making this. But then the question is, that's our real world. Where is the real world? How are our three worlds uh, meeting? If we're all the same, we all have our own consciousness, right? And it's all a simulation. How come if I go like that? Mm He feels pain. He just hit Brent. <laughs> I did. Sweet. I did. He's my second favorite person here besides fucking conspiracy bot. <laughs> Hell yes. No, because maybe we are our own. Each one of us, we're in this matrix, one might say, and you're your own program and I'm my own program. 
He's his own program. So we are making those choices, maybe. And But you, because I've put myself into, I've chosen to be here with you for either by intelligent design of my own or because of circumstances that led to it be there, which would be like I'm standing next to you on a train. I have made myself be around you in that world. And so you can influence me or I can influence you. Maybe. I don't know. You know what? I think one person probably has a better grasp on this than any of us. Seabot, I mean, what do you think? Everything we call real is made of things that cannot be regarded as real. Dude, that's just a Niels Bohr quote. All meat sacks bore me. <laughs> <laughs> We're going back and forth and saying the same thing in multiple ways. I think we need to get to one last question. It's a doozy. Let's lay down the groundwork, okay? There is absolutely a simulation. We are living in it. We are living in a simulation. Which people like Neil deGrasse Tyson and someone who we haven't touched on, I think I want to throw this out real quick. Albert Einstein. Do you know who? this? <laughs> yeah, you might have heard of him. <laughs> he realized his research was pointing to simulation theory. He realized it a long ass fucking time ago. And like the last 30 years of his studying life, research life, he was trying to disprove this and couldn't. The same guy that, that, that released four papers in one year, some of which included the theory of relativity and equals MC squared over, over the course of like 30 years, couldn't prove this was wrong. And finally he's like, ah, fuck it. So here's the question. This is what I was, <laughs> this is what I was going towards. If this is true, if we are in a simulation, if there is no question about it, okay, they, we've already talked on their finding ones and zeros or making up everything, maybe our atoms or pixels, things like this. I guess, I guess it's kind of a two-parter is what I'm getting at. Are we just bits of data or are we plugged in like in the matrix? Like I, that was what I was just referring to a minute ago. Like, are we plugged in and we're making our own choices and that led us to be here or are we just bits of data? And if we are plugged in, if we're conscious and these things are happening and there is a simulation, is that proof that there is God? Capital G O D God. The Christian, the Hindu, the, the Indian, whoever you want to look at it, the Muslim, is that person real in one way, shape, or form or another? Dun, dun, da, dun. Dun. I, I, <laughs> you guys have some great sound effects here. <laughs> I have to say that. I'm really honored. <laughs> well, <laughs> so I, what do you think, Kevin? Like, where's this lead you? Pork chop sandwiches. Uh, other than towards a, an early death like, <laughs> for thinking about it too much, you know? I mean, where does this lead me? I, I can only respond to that from my own experience, which is from my own consciousness. And my own consciousness is a really uh, uh, not very fun thing to experience. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people, maybe some people who are listening to this, have a similar thing where it's just like sometimes being awake isn't fun. And so where that leads me is that I take great comfort and maybe this is the same as, uh, say, my, my grandmother was a very uh, religious woman. God bless her. She's a wonderful woman. I take great comfort in the thought that maybe I am part of a simulation and that all this shit that I'm thinking and all that I'm doing really is just a predestined plan, as we said, predestination. Mm -hmm. So I want to believe this. I want to believe there's a simulated reality. The same, I, But again, speaking for Kevin, the same way I want to believe there's a Christian God. Mm -hmm. Because that would help. It would really help me get through the day and uh, 
so yeah, I, I think that is it possible? Yeah, I think it's possible. And I, I think you guys have done a really good job of laying out some pretty feasible or mudding the waters completely. <laughs> that too. But you guys are from uh, 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 Springfield, Sangamon River, muddy, muddy water. There you go. Yeah. There you go. My thought finished being is I think this is really fun to think about. I'm glad but, you do because I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I've come out of the corner. But at the same time that it's really fun to think about, it also is interesting to me because it's reminding me all about religion. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think about this one way and then I think about religion another way. And then I think to myself, well, Jesus fucking Christ, Kevin. Case in point. Um, <laughs> don't yeah. you see the point you're making to yourself? So uh, I guess my answer to you, Brent, is um, I think a lot about this, and it's really fascinating to me as a person that I will accept this more than I will accept, say, um, a virgin birth. I look at this, and I – so you have Christianity. You have all these religions. I'm a Christian. I have I was raised that way. That's not why I'm a Christian. Um, I've always been – so I'm a believer. I'm a, I, I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. I look at this, and I don't know how – if you could see this and know that there is a creator, I guess God is just a term that people could use for that. I don't know how scientists, Neil deGrasse Tyson and people, I, I keep throwing his name out because he's the one on the tip of my tongue, but how they can look at this and then not make that leap. I think it feels like the logical step when you see something like this and you, you start using intelligent design because it would be intelligent design. How could you not skew towards the G word? You know what I mean? So I think this is something that if science, I don't know if science will ever allow it to be researched enough because I think enough people go, you know, and that's a really interesting point. I I do have to say that. I think that's a really interesting point that will science allow it to be. Yeah. And if I don't know, and will theology Mm -hmm. allow it to be researched? Also a really great point. And the two can look at two things and see completely different views. But I think it's very interesting to have all these people and to look at it. And I, I made this, this reference earlier, you know, that they say, well, everything is, is code. Well, we know that the universal language is math, so to speak. And who's to say, if there is a God, who's to say that God created the world, he wouldn't use math and pixels and ones and zeros. And we are just now starting to understand it and break it down. And we're creating our own worlds in his image in our image, in the image, it's heady stuff, man. It's hard to, it's hard to even, uh, grasp. It's just like the, the vastness of space that I said, my wife has a hard time even, even comprehending and no one can really comprehend it, but she's just like, ah, forget it. And I think that's the easier part on this stuff. (laughs) Ah, Forget it. Let's go have a beer. (laughs) Where are you at, John? I have some definitive thoughts on this. I 100% believe that we are in a simulation. But what does that mean? Well, even Einstein came around. We, we talked about it earlier. He spent, I don't know if it was 25, 30 years. Just a long time. Trying to disprove this whole thing. And shortly before his death, 1955, he said, quote, The distinction between past, present, and future is only an illusion, however tenacious that illusion may be. He got it. He spent, he spent the better part of three decades trying to disprove idealism and prove materialism, and he, and he couldn't. It, listen, at the end of the day, our, 
our universe is, it's been proven by everything we talked about before and so much that we aren't even smart enough to, <laughs> to, to give to you, the listener, that our universe is digital. And all digital processing, all data has to have a minimal quantity. It's represented by bits or, or if you want to call them pixels. And our world displays the same property. Matter is quantized. Particles are made of smaller particles. You get small enough and they're, they're indivisible particles. They're billions of times smaller than an atom, but they're still particles. And as science has discovered more and more, they've learned everything is made of these little bits. Or a better way to say it is everything is quantized, which means that space is quantized. Time is quantized. Energy is quantized. Everything is fucking quantized. Everything, in other words, is made up of these little individual bits. So if the universe is made up as of a finite amount of bits or components, it's computable. If there's only so many of them, you can count them. And if that universe is really digital and there's nothing you can't compute, then it's completely consistent that we are living in a simulation. So I think we are. Another thing, earlier we, we talked about how simulation theory is at its core that the universe exists as a virtual construct and it depends on information processing happening outside of space-time. I mean, have you heard of a better argument for God in heaven? Uh, I, I, I am I, I, I am not a uh, a traditional Christian, but I do believe in God. As in he, he worships Satan. Tell him I said hey. <laughs> <laughs> you can't have yin without yang, but he's a, he worships Satan. But think about it. If all of that is true, you're basically unplugged from the matrix when you die. And hey, if you believe in reincarnation, maybe that's just God plugging you back in. I mean, this John 2.0, <laughs> the simulation hypothesis absolutely allows for all those biblical stories that you uh, that you read about, uh, assuming you grew up on 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 the Bible or, or hell, even the Quran or, or or the Torah. Necronomicon. That's what you're looking for. Same thing. Even Jesus himself, think about it, the designer entering his own matrix to experience the simulation for himself, or as Keanu would say, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I, I, I completely believe this is true. However, I think that it is just an explanation for the greater creator. I, I think we're finally starting to figure out how the man upstairs did it. And P.S., a lot of people say that if you believe in the simulation theory, you can't believe in aliens. I think that's complete B.S. I believe in aliens. Well, it, Why couldn't it have been made for them the same as Exactly, exactly. No, absolutely. So I guess the the expert here <laughs> somewhat would be conspiracy bot. Who already lives in a simulation. Well, what do you think? You keep throwing out all these quantum facts and asking if people believe them or not. Maybe they just need a quantum leap. I think that's just him copping out. <laughs> I mean, you did make his head out of a toaster. It's the first time I've actually seen smoke come out of it. <laughs> that's true. That is true. Wow. Wow, I think is the best way to put it.
I don't ever want to hang out with you guys again. <laughs> so that is simulation theory. <laughs> what a wacky fun ride that was. <laughs> hey, I hate both of you. <laughs> We're going to go have beers while Kevin cuts himself. After this. I think so I'm going to start cutting myself and drinking and maybe pouring the alcohol into the cuts at this point. It'll, it'll just fucking cauterize that shit. Yeah. man. <laughs> I mean, this was this was rough, man. This is the rough. I think this is the roughest topic we've had so far. Is that right? You think so? I mean, because I was having a hard time, to I mean, be honest with you. No joking aside. It, no, it puts you in these mindsets where you got to, like, yeah, it's out there. Most of the time we're trying to figure out whether, you know, some woman in the 1940s was touched by a gray alien. I mean, or an angel. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. We want to know what you guys think. Uh, why don't you do us a favor, and as you're listening right now, hop on Facebook, type in Hysteria Nation to that little search bar. If you're not a member already, join and tell us what you think. I mean, th- the only way this stuff works is if you tell us what you think and we start a discussion. If you go to Hysteria Nation, you'll see we have discussions. We, <laughs> yeah. we just had page after page after page arguments about head transplants if, if you've seen that in the news Brent and i don't agree on it like we have these awesome debates on hysteria nation john wants people to die i want everyone to live go to go to facebook.com search for hysteria nation and i want you to live while you're doing it while john hopes you die Brent's making a really compelling argument <laughs> just as an outside person by the way do you like this show uh, after after this episode you might not but if you do <laughs> Give us a review, please. Hit up your Apple Podcast app or iTunes and leave a rating or review. It really, it really, really does. Yeah, not help. only the, not only a rating. We'd love five stars if that's what you want to give. We'd love it, but leave we'd a review. We'd also love it if it's not what you want to give. <laughs> leave a review. Type it out because that's how we actually get noticed. That's how we get out there for people to see us, and it helps out tremendously. And the best part of it is, it's free. It's free to you. It's free to us. It, it, it takes four to five minutes of your time, and it's or twelve it. seconds. Yeah, just just hit some buttons. <laughs> yeah, it depends on what my reality social you're security in. number is. <laughs> <laughs> As John said, check us out on Hysteria Nation. Also, we're at Hysteria Fifty One Pod on Facebook and Twitter. So we got some shout outs to do. Big thank you to some of our most active Twitter followers, folks like Jimmy Evans at Real Jimmy Evans. Jimmy gives us shout outs almost daily. Love it. Keep it up. We, we absolutely love it. Tech Van Sickle at tech underscore. He is from the Twisted 10 podcast. If you haven't I'm listened yet, now what? Uh, living podcariously. If you haven't listened yet, History 51, in, in other words, me and Brent. Or should I say Brent and I were on that podcast a couple weeks ago. Go check it out. We gave the top 10 conspiracy theories as related to the U.S. government. And I also want to make one social apology to Secret Transmission Pod. That's at Secret Trans Pod. They just had their 51st episode, which was on Area 51. And unfortunately, John and I caught conspiracy bot hacking into their show so a huge huge apology to that he was on another show well he we bought him a ham radio so that you can talk to people and uh he kind of he literally 
<laughs> if you go listen to the their fifty first uh, episode, yeah. It's conspiracy bot at the beginning. Are you serious? Into their show, telling yeah. them how much they suck and things like that. Man, yeah. fuck him. Okay. <laughs> One more thing, and this is awesome. We've been preaching at you. <laughs> Interesting choice of words for this episode. Preaching at you to leave us a voicemail at seven seven three six six nine seven two seven seven. What what number is that again, Brett? Seven seven three six six nine seventy two seventy seven. We've got one. I feel like it's Ghostbusters. We got. My social security number is five eight seven six oh three two seven seven. Hi, conspiracy bot. <laughs> Where the fuck is conspiracy bot? How is Facebook gonna have some sort of call now number? And then you can't even talk to the goddamn robot. Is he real or not? This Quinn just trying to like old Conspiracy Bot's page and give him a shout out. But apparently he's not up or plugged in or whatever the fuck he's doing. So you guys have a great time. Keep up the show. Peace. Quinn, thank you so much for calling and leaving us a voicemail. Sorry, Conspiracy Bot wasn't there. And Conspiracy Bot, why the fuck didn't you answer? You literally have nothing else going on. I was too busy partying. Robot. Oh, my God. Come on. Oh, <laughs> uh, Quinn, you know what? If you call back, we'll try to make sure he answers. But, guys, give us more voicemails. We want to play girls. And that's the proverbial. I didn't want to pick anyone's gender. You know, you never well, know. you did. You said guys. Well, you know what? I actually, I said guy to Kevin earlier. I don't want to assume his gender. What kind of pronouns do you like to use? Yeah. <laughs> Are you a guy or girl? <laughs> Makes sense. Makes I sense. I get it. I get it. All right. So if you can't remember all that jazz we just threw at you, go to hysteria51.com. Links to everything. With that said, I've been Brent. I've been John. I'm still Kevin. He's been Conspiracy Bot. Stay woke, meet sex. Thanks for listening to Hysteria 51, a weekly oddcast of conspiracy theories, mysteries, and the unexplained. We'll be back again next week with more known unknowns. If you'd like us to discuss a particular topic, suggest a guest, or simply seek some truth, we'd love to hear from you. You can email the show at hysteria51podcast at yahoo.com and follow us on Twitter at hysteria51pod. You've been listening to a fourth-hand joint. Stay woke, meet sex. Thanks for listening to Hysteria 51, a weekly oddcast of conspiracy theories, mysteries, and the unexplained. We'll be back again next week with more known unknowns. If you'd like us to discuss a particular topic, suggest a guest, or simply seek some truth, we'd love to hear from you. You can email the show at hysteria51podcast at yahoo.com and follow us on Twitter at hysteria51pod. You've been listening to a fourth-hand joint.